Jonah chapter 2. In fact, we'll back up and read the last verse of chapter 1 uh, to give us the full picture of what's going on. This is typically the whole story of Jonah when we talk about the Bible school uh, version of the story. It all has to do with this big fish, and it is quite a story. Uh, but we'll look at some things about this and some experiences and some applications here. Jonah... Chapter 1, verse 17. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For ye cast me into the deep and into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. And the water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask it would speak to us. Give us a clear understanding of these events and help them speak to us, not only now, but in the days ahead. We'll need this and remind us of these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Of course, we're all familiar with this story because if anyone knows just one thing about the book of Jonah, but that Jonah was swallowed up by the great fish. I want to look at some things about Jonah. First of all, while he is taking this adventure down to the bottom of the ocean, Jonah acknowledges the ultimate mover of the universe. And he acknowledges God as the creator of all circumstances. In verse 3, he says, For you cast me into the deep. Now, we read the story, and a lot of times, of course, and accurately, we will say that the sailors picked him up and cast him over the side of the ship. Well, Jonah was aware of that, but he also was aware who ultimately was responsible for the events that happened to him. It was not the, the sailors' doings. It was God's doing. It was not their idea. They were prompted by circumstances beyond their control. Who was in control? God was in control because later in this passage of scripture, he says, all your billows and all of your waves passed over me. Notice what he said. He didn't say that was some bad storm that blew up. He said it was your waves, your billows, your circumstances, and you're the, ones that cre you're the one that created these circumstances. And it was not the, the sailors who put me into the situation. I know ultimately God put me where I am right now because he is the creator of the circumstances that direct my steps. No, Jonah would have never, ever chosen this for his life. Therefore, God chose it for him because that's what he needed at the time. In verse 6, 
He said, I went down to the moorings of the mountain. We're talking about, of course, the very foundations of the mountains. And so sometimes we will say that he went in the belly of the great fish and went straight down to the bottom of the ocean. And it's not just poetic license. This tells us he went down pretty far in the belly of that fish. The earth with its bars closed around me forever, yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Despite extreme circumstances, Jonah acknowledges that God is still in control and that God is hearing his prayer that no man could have ever heard, right? But God heard his prayer. Secondly, Jonah renews his acknowledgement of God as his God. And there's a difference. Many people may acknowledge that there is a God, but they have not claimed him as their God. Notice, you've brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. Not just, O Lord, God, O Lord, my God. And then we continue reading. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer went up to you in your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay what I have vowed. So we realize that Jonah recognized that God was his God. God was his God and was worthy of his worship. And then Jonah made a commitment that he would do what he said he would do. Obviously, Jonah had made some promises to God sometime early. We know Jonah was a prophet already. He was a prophet, and this is mentioned in 2 Kings. So we know that Jonah probably had made some commitments to God. I'm not sure what they were, but I'm sure he realized by running from God, he had abandoned the commitments that he had made. And so right here, right now, he's saying, God... I'll do it. I'll keep my commitments to you. And then he said, salvation is of the Lord. Now, when he said that, it says, then God spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. The third thing we notice here is that Jonah's pain painted a picture for future reference. Jonah's pain painted a picture for future reference. And God put this classic example up. So when time came for people to understand something about Jesus Christ, we realized that that picture was already in their minds through the prophet Jonah. We understand that he was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Earlier... In the New King James, it says, from the belly of Sheol, I cried, in verse 2. Now, the King James says, in the belly of hell. Now, we speak of hell as being the eternal place of doom when you're without God. However, in the Old Testament, the word hell came from the Hebrew word Sheol, which just simply means the realm of the dead. Now... Jonah wasn't dead yet. But in all human measurement of his situation, he was all but dead. And I guarantee 
the sailors thought, he's a dead man. He's a dead man. When they threw him overboard and saw the fish come up and get him, in all human estimation, he's dead. He's gone. And he's three days and three nights in the realm of the dead for all human measurement. He's as good as dead. And then, lo and behold, he's back. He's back. And you see, Jesus uses that picture as an illustration of what would happen when he went to the grave. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. We've mentioned this before. I want to mention it again because there's actually a couple of applications that we want to leave you with before we wrap up the book of Jonah. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered and saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. No sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. And again, in chapter 16, verse 4, he repeats this in a different circumstance. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. No sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Well, we have the obvious. We have the obvious here in that, and he, he paints the obvious picture. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, totally out of sight, for all practical purposes, everyone said Jonah's dead. He said, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights and come again. Now, Jonah was as good as dead, but not really dead. Jesus Christ, he said, a greater than Jonah is here. J Jesus Christ was dead in every measure of the word. Certified dead by the experts, by the authorities. And he said, a greater than Jonah is here. Not only will it be like he's as good as dead, but in the heart of the earth, Jesus Christ was dead. He was definitely in the realm of the dead because he was dead. And then, of course, after the third day, he was back. But then there's the detail. And here is something that Jesus was mentioning. The sign of the prophet Jonah. You see, they were discounting Jesus and they said, we want to see a sign from you. Show us some proof that you're really a prophet. Well, the detail that's brought to light in 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, it says that Jonah was from a town called Gath-Hefer. So what? what? What does that have to do with the New Testament? Well, actually, it has a lot to do with the New Testament. Let's turn over to the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, we'll begin in verse 45. 
Back earlier in verse 32, the Pharisees had sent some officers to arrest Jesus Christ. And they're coming back on the scene. And that's, that is the basis for this conversation that takes place. And this, does, this has a lot to do with what we just read concerning a sign from the prophet Jonah. In verse 45 of John chapter 7, Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees and said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. Case closed. Case closed, arguments over. No prophet has ever arisen out of Galilee. Jesus is a fraud because he calls himself a prophet. Jesus said, A greater than Jonah is here, and you pay attention to the sign of Jonah. What's this have to do with anything? Jonah was from Gath-Hefer. If you'll turn to the back of your Bible to a map of Palestine in the time of Christ, you'll have the city of Nazareth. Three miles northeast of Nazareth was Gath-Hefer. You know where Gath-Hefer is? Right in the middle of Galilee. You know, part of their argument, there's no way Jesus could be who he says he is because no prophet ever came out of Galilee. Wrong. Jonah came from Galilee. A prophet had come out of Galilee. So therefore the argument was not over and Jesus said, here's the sign you'll get. The sign of the prophet Jonah. Not only the fact of him being in the realm of the dead three days and three nights, but the fact your argument is false because there is a prophet out of Galilee. His name is Jonah. And he's the one who painted the picture of what this one will do. And he is greater than Jonah. Yes, a prophet had come from Galilee. And the details in the life of Jonah negates their biggest argument against Jesus Christ. That's why Bible history is important. And the Bible is proven and supported by the Bible. So therefore, Jesus said, you look it up. And when you look at the, the prophet Jonah... That'll verify who I say that I am. Is there anything before we close? If not, let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.